0: Welcome to Weartechnology.com's User Friendly 2.0 with
1: host Bill Sickens, Technology Architect. And this is User Friendly 2.0. I am your host, Bill Sickens. With us, Jeremy and Gretchen. Welcome. Hello. Bill, welcome. Hello. Got an interesting show for you coming up this week. Steve's joining us with a guest, and I'm gonna just leave it at that. Check it out. We're gonna be talking Kenobi and Star Wars. A lot of different things coming out with that. This is the new series to drop to Discovery, or Discovery, Disney Plus. There we go. (laughs) It's Kenobi on Discovery. Hey, you know what? Who knows? (laughs) But no further ado, let's go to the news. So what is in the news? Photonic chip performs image recognition at the speed of light. Yeah, you know, this is actually a topic that uh, we get questions in for every once in a while, dealing with the idea of recognition of videos and photos and, other things like that, and the ability to analyze this type of technology. We've had search engines like Google and Bing and before that Yahoo and others for many, many years, but that's for websites. And the rest of it requires a little bit more tech in order to be able to function. And this is an interesting thing. It's basically a neural network on a chip, and it powers the idea of being able to deal with recognition, uh like cognitive recognition, that kind of a thing. And the neurons of this, as they call it on the uh, network, it has the ability to look at and be able to figure out videos and all that kind of thing. So you can throw a whole bunch of information at it that can include hours of video to be analyzed, like from a security camera or pictures or that type of a thing. And it will be able to return a response in less than a nanosecond. And it does not need a separate processor or memory unit. So it can work on its own. Hmm. AI-driven robot boat Mayflower crosses the Atlantic Ocean. Yeah, so basically this is what the headline says it is. (laughs) They have a ship that has crossed the Atlantic being completely run by an AI, and it did it quite successfully. Is it bringing robotic pilgrims? Uh, It might be. You never know, right? So So this type of technology, we're seeing a lot of it out there in civilian use. This being kind of a proof of of concept type scenario, but we're also seeing it on the military end. China has a ship that they've been showing off that's run by AI that does robotic drones. So it can bring drones to a point of combat without any humans being involved at all. Hmm. So that's a little bit scarier in a way, thinking about where that could actually go. But uh, nevertheless, you know, any tech we have, we're going to see on both sides of that spectrum, civilian use, military use. And it really is the military and space that kind of drive the development of technology in a lot of ways, because that's where the money is. Mm -hmm. So this doesn't surprise me. But again, I think we're going to be seeing a lot more of this type of thing as uh, we move forward. EU agrees
0: single mobile charging port in blow to Apple. What exactly does
1: that mean? Okay. Years ago, when you bought a cell phone... And this was before smartphones, but even in the beginning of that era, the charging port on it was always different. One was not compatible with another. So if I had, in those days, say I had an Ericsson phone and you had a, a, you know, a different kind of phone and we had chargers, we would not be able to charge each other's phones. There would be a proprietary port. And that was where it is. So when you upgraded your phone, you threw away the charger, got a new one, and you ended up with this drawer of chargers. Exactly. So a while back, the EU was saying that they want to standardize these ports. And what they're looking at here actually isn't just the phone port. They're also talking about things like cable TV. So the HDMI interface, a big part of that was the idea of having the same interface on every television and device that was always compatible. Uh, You know, it makes a lot of sense. But the pushback from the phone manufacturers is that, well, if it's cross-board compatible, not only can't we sell our proprietary chargers for a lot of money, but there's other things too, like being able to plug your phone into the computer. Now you can use a standard USB cable. You, you don't have to use their $50 interface, that kind of a thing. And True. as time has gone by, most smartphones have standardized to a USB port. Uh, now pretty much USB C, and mm-hmm. that has been good. The one holdout has been Apple with the Lightning port. And even though they basically, from a technical standpoint are exactly the same really it still is a proprietary unique port that's just on the apple device and they've been fighting this but the eu has finally made their decision that all phones need to have compatibility in that regard and not need a separate device to charge Hmm. okay this one's cool dyson has been secretly building robots yeah does this come as a surprise i mean really from dyson no when you think about it, Dyson is a company that has always been kind of at the edge of innovation on a lot of different things. And while I do have some difficulties with their power systems right now, mm-hmm. um, they seem to be having a problem with the batteries and their vacuums.
2: Uh-huh. And
1: uh, there's been a lot of questions about that and just other things. I know I've experienced that myself, but the devices they build are actually usually really good. Uh, the fans are cool. The, mm-hmm. uh, you know, all those different type of things. And we've talked about in the past that this is going to be the year of the robots and there's a lot of different companies out there building various different things and Dyson is definitely one of them. And like I said, this isn't a shock, but they debuted a face mounted air purifier recently.
3: Yeah. I saw uh, that,
1: which is a, let's just say a unique product. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, that sounds odd. I mean, it, it, it looks like it works, but it is definitely, uh, definitely different. However, what they did do in the press conference from that is talked about a lot of the research that went into it. Um, This was done at the uh, International Conference on Robotics and Animation. And their secret robot prototypes lecture that they gave talked about a number of different things that they have, which is basically a robot that has a number of different attachments that can do different things. So it can take the dishes out of the dishwasher, it can clean the lint off your chair, um, and a variety of other stuff like that, depending on what you get for it, that are all these interchangeable uh end units, end defectors, as we would call them. And the bottom line of it is, is that this kind of a product could be very, very interesting, and at least as a prototype, you know, having this be able to go around the house and do all of these different things hmm. could be very interesting. So... You know at the uh, it 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 is an interesting thing to see where this is going and and I don't know what do you guys think about robotic technology? Oh, I like robots, I think they're cool, yeah, I kinda like them Bill. I don't know if you're out there. Have we heard from you yet?
3: Robotics are very important, I think, to the development of the world um they've already assisted our lives in so many countless ways, and it's just a natural evolution of what we're doing um you know of course a lot of people are holding back because of that whole singularity idea and worrying about you know sentient ais but i think those a lot of those are going to be unfounded or uh or i'm wrong and we all die so
1: yeah well there you are and if it's the, if it's the latter we won't worry about it it'll be a a better, I mean, a different life form taking over. But the bottom line of it is, is that um, w- this is something that's inevitable. We're seeing it come across the board. There's a lot of different companies out there that are making different aspects of robotics and a lot of different approaches. Some companies that say, well, we must not make them look humanoid, and others that are completely going the other way. they oh, let's let's totally embrace that, you know. And we're seeing everything from underwater robotics that uh, you can run remotely to uh, exoskeletons that I've talked a little bit about that are really a lot of fun and and do a lot of different things and have a lot of actual need in the world. If you look at just as a case use example, working on an industrial floor at a place like Amazon or somewhere where you're packing up things and lifting a bunch of stuff and whatnot, and you have your exoskeleton that you can lift 200 pounds without any weight on your body or very little, You don't have the fatigue. You don't throw your back out. Your workers don't get hurt. They can work longer. There's all kinds of benefits that type of things offer. But Bill, like you say, as the robots get smarter and are able to do things better, you know, at the end of the day, you might have your robot AI and you being told to go be a superhero and solve a problem. And the AI tells you to go look at unitards and try them on. And the AI will actually solve the problem. So, you know, where is this going, right? (laughs) (laughs) It could be. (sighs) Oh, geez. How flesh-penetrating
0: sound waves could 3D print implants directly inside you?
1: Yeah, going right along with the sci-fi thing here. This is uh, uh, an interesting thing. They inject a substance into your skin and then use sound waves to be able to essentially 3D print inside your body into whatever it needs to be. So whether it's a brace for your arm or some other body part that needs to be replaced, you no longer have to deal with the surgery and all the rest of that. Well this is user friendly we've got a great show for you this week we'll be back after the break. Welcome back this is user friendly 2.0 We're going to talk a little bit about the new Star Wars series, Kenobi, on Disney+. And Gretchen, you're our resident Star Wars expert, so let's start with you. What is Kenobi?
0: Okay, Kenobi is a, well, it's a TV series, and it's set right after, well, actually, no, it's 10 10 years years after General Order 66. General Order 66 is the situation where Palpatine ordered the clones to murder all of the Jedi. Okay. And so this is 10 years afterwards. And
1: now I want to mention that we're going to talk about spoilers. All right. So spoiler alert coming up. If you haven't seen it yet, which I haven't, mute just for a moment.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So there's a couple of things that I've been seeing where people have, uh, like controversies or complaints by people. And, uh, one of them is that I guess some people have been really nasty to the gal who's playing Reba. Now, Reba is one of their inquisitors for the story. And I think she's doing a real good job of being a real nasty jerk. And so it's kind of like when you have people complaining that somebody is doing a good job at being a jerk, you know, I mean, she's, she's playing the part.
3: Yes. Yeah. Yeah, she is. I, I, I don't like the character. But the actress has been doing a great job.
0: Yeah, and so people have been really nasty. And so it's kind of like, hey, everybody just calm down. You know, she's, she's doing her job. Some other things that have come up is that I've seen people on social media saying that this particular series was to degrade the character Obi-Wan Kenobi. Well, I hate to say it, but anybody who remembers the Knights of Old you know, when things went bad for the Templars, they didn't walk around in fancy clothing. You know, with their swords flashing around, going "Here I am," and they had to go and in, into hiding. Um, if you're a prison, uh, if you're a soldier, and you get stuck behind enemy lines, you're not going to be waving your flag around. You're going to be trying to hide and, blend, and in. blend in. And this is what Kenobi's doing because he's got an important mission which is to protect Luke. And that's what we see in the original film, A New Hope. So Kenobi's doing his job, and um, it's not an easy job. And we're seeing what Obi-Wan Kenobi is going through. He originally had this grand, beautiful life as a Jedi. And in the stories that I write, um, I often show how the Jedi have realized they had it really good. You had a beautiful place to live. You had all the materials, plenty of food. You had your clothing taken care of. And you were an, a respected person. Now, all of a sudden, you're basically a criminal. Yeah. And um your very presence could cause other people to get killed. So, Kenobi has just kind of, um you know, he's depressed. He's gone through a lot. And so, people who complain like that, I I question their understanding and maybe maturity of complaining about the series because I think the actors and the writers have done a pretty darn good job. Jeremy, do you agree with me? I do. I think that the series has done well. I mean, the sets are
3: nice. The act the actors are done, are are doing a really good job. Um, you know, it, it's not like it's completely unbelievable. You know, I was like, oh, hey, this is all, um, you know, not what Star Wars is. These, these sets don't make any sense. That location doesn't make any sense. It looks like a a, a high school video film
0: thing. No, <laughs> no, it doesn't. It looks professional. It looks done, like, really well. And matter of fact, it, it's like movie quality. Mm-hmm. I was really impressed. And then the only thing I had a little problem with, and a few other people did too, was that our Grand Inquisitor's makeup doesn't quite fit the powen look. And the thing is is you know um that character was put together quite a few years ago mm-hmm. and maybe they've lost the technology to build that kind of um costume.
2: Maybe.
0: Um also uh, the character isn't wearing i i you know some people don't like those contact yeah, you lenses. you might not be able to
3: wear the contact lenses. So,
0: yeah. And you know. um uh in the cartoon uh rebels mm-hmm. the powen has like a dark like a black, and then you see the gold-colored eyes. So he has this really intense, kind of scary look to him. Mm-hmm. And the actor, um I guess his name is Rupert Friend. Rupert Friend. So he's he's doing the best he can. And actually, I think uh, the second episode, he was even better. But there's something that happens that Reva does. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of people who are uh, Rebels fans who are concerned. And, um, there was even, I think there was an article about, um, the writer explaining that, okay, there's something that's going to happen, hmm. you know? Oh, I'm sure there is. I, I'm expecting the Inquisitor to come back because Reva just took her lightsaber and She ran him through. Or she ran him through. But and he, it's and, possible to survive a lightsaber injury. Well, you know, and they were saying, oh, uh, Qui-Gon died from that. Well you know what? Darth Maul got chopped. He chopped uh, in half. Chopped in half. And he survived. So, So, you know, uh, this is an inquisitor.
3: (laughs) Dark side can do a lot. Yeah. You never know.
0: Yeah. So, and then there's some other really interesting things that are like, not on the negative side, but on the positive side. Uh, From my own point of view, I feel like this series establishes the bond of trust between Obi-Wan Kenobi and Bail Organa, and then later on, Princess Leia. Mm-hmm. Because they go to him uh, for when the the bad stuff hits the fan and goes flying. And so they Leia actually gets to meet Obi-Wan as a little girl. Mm-hmm. So there is this bond now of trust. He's gone through a lot to rescue her. Uh let's see. Um Jeremy, you have any other ideas about stuff that
1: You know well, what? Let's let's talk about your other ideas after we get back from the break. We're going to have to break here in about 20 seconds. Okay. But just ah. just to wrap up the segment. It sounds like you're enjoying it. And, and I have seen some of the stuff online with the negative mm-hmm. comments and things which yeah. have really frankly been a little over the top in my opinion. But um I'm looking forward to seeing it and after hearing about it today, I think I even am more Good. So let's take a break and then we'll talk a little bit more about it. This is User-Friendly 2.0. We'll be right back. You Welcome back. This is User-Friendly 2.0. Send us your questions and your comments. 503-766-6264 is the phone number. One user-friendly on Facebook and Twitter. Userfriendlyshow.com. Any of those addresses will get you to us. So we've been discussing the new Kenobi series on Disney+. Plus. We had to take a break. And I will turn it back over to Jeremy and Gretchen. Take it away. Well, hey, Bill, I have a question for you. you.
0: You've told me throughout the years that you've known a lot of Um, military people often are and that um you know you've heard stories about things that have happened do you think uh it would be unreasonable to consider that a knight being forced to live in the desert away from his his normal family and friends and resources
1: wouldn't become just a bit demoralized Oh, I I think that would be very common. And, you know, knighthood, just to give a quick answer on that, there was the romanticized part of it, and then there's the five days you've been out in the field and they're dirty and everything else part of it, which is very different.
0: Yeah, and Hmm. and we see Kenobi um, having to live a very dull, repetitive life. And this is what happens when you go into hiding and you take on a sacred duty, that has to remain a secret. Mm. And we even see how Owen, um, the relationship between Owen Lars and uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi mm. and how he's very negative. And um, yeah, he's he's kind of a butt.
2: <laughs> right, right. <laughs> just a, well, you know,
3: just a crazy old man who's out in the desert.
0: I thought he was dead. You know, yeah,
3: he died about the same time as your father. So, you know, it's it's like you're trying to keep the the um, the kid you're trying to protect away from the other weirdo who you don't trust, who's trying to protect him as well. And you're kind of like, yeah, well, you know, there's a lot of weirdness going on. In you this want to whole train
0: thing, him, so, yeah. Yeah. like the way you trained his dad. You know, yeah. and you're like, ooh, that yeah, was harsh. It was harsh. <laughs> you know?
1: So, so, you know, I've, we're not going to comment on this week's show yet because a lot of people won't have seen it. Right. But I I do get the impression here that this is a little different mm-hmm. from a lot of the other Star Wars series. Would you agree with that? Disagree with that? I would agree because you're not – we're not on the Rebel side. We're not on the
3: Imperial side. This is a very personal well, – Yeah, we're, we're kind of out in the middle, middle of nowhere with Obi-Wan Kenobi looking at everything – From the outside. He's not part of anything anymore. He's just, you know, trying to watch over Luke, get up, go to work, come home, you know, have dinner, Mm -hmm. go to bed.
2: Yeah.
3: It's a very repetitive lifestyle. He's trying not to draw attention to himself. He's trying not to draw attention to Luke. He's trying to just blend in. And not get involved with anything,
0: and then Bail Organa ruins his plans. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah, that was. I was like, "Hey, guess what? You're going on a trip, but but I don't want to. Well, I don't care.
2: You're I mean, going.
0: Yeah, you're going. <laughs> well, she's important too, you know. Yeah, so, so um, yeah, I, I really think that if you're a really hardcore, truly, deeply into the Star Wars. Um, lore and myths and the feeling that it really should have i think you should check out kenobi
3: and if you're a real hardcore fan listen to what they say look at the sets like the safe house there are a lot of names written on the wall oh yeah if you can pause it and you can read the names you might change your mind.
0: Oh, and it was really exciting. They mentioned Boss.
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I always liked
0: him. He was a crazy guy that you see in the Clone Wars series and the comic books. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, there's, there's all, there's they're tying
3: into everything, and you just need to look at it with the the mind that they're trying to make a really good series. Yeah. They're not trying to screw us over no. as the fans. They're trying to do a really good job. And now, that trying- sounds
0: trying to explain from a realistic point of view of what it what, what would have happened. And, um, you know, that student shows up. You
1: know who I mean. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, check it out. Disney Plus Kenobi series. And, and give them a watch. Disney's been complaining that the they're not making money off of Disney Plus. Uh, it's costing them a fortune to put everything together. So give them some support. Look at the stuff that they've got. It's worth a while. I do say that part sarcastically. It would seem like with everything that's out there, it should be doing pretty well. But at the end of the day, with the streaming wars and everything as they are, when they come out with good content, it is worth checking it out. I'm going to. I'll see what it is, and then I'll give my comments on it after I have a chance to watch it. We will be back after the break. Welcome back. This is User Friendly 2.0. Joining
4: us now, Steve Mailer with his guest, Patrick Farley. Well, Bill, Jeremy, and Gretchen, uh, thanks as always. I'm sitting down with a young filmmaker today. I've actually spent two days, the last two days, on his set as a behind the scenes videographer. His name is Patrick Farley, and he's quite a talented young filmmaker, as I've been coming to experience. He's working on a current film, Fatal Encounter Emergence of Talents. Patrick Farley, thank you for joining me here on User Friendly.
5: Wow, anytime.
4: Thank you for having me. No worries. This is a very interesting story. So, tell me, this is a trilogy. That's correct, yes. Okay, so what, what is the trilogy based on? Like, what's the, the basic premise of your storyline?
5: Wow. Well, the story idea came from back in around 2014 when I was in college. I just wanted to create an action drama film that would basically put a lot of characters in some dire situations. Now, when I wrote the first movie, I had no idea how it would lead into my second or my third at the time. So, I left a lot of things very vague. And with stuff going vague, sometimes you encounter plot holes you have to ride around.
4: Okay. Well, that sounds <laughs> Which, reasonable.
5: Yeah. I kind of find out the hard way. But something that, one, one thing to my understanding was when I wanted to make the next sequel, the only thing I had in mind that would start my story writing was how can I make it more intense and things to get only worse for the characters to go through. Interesting. And then once you put a character into such a tough situation, what, how do they respond, and what is the trauma that comes afterwards? Okay, and that's how I've been carrying that story forward that way. So, what,
4: what genre would you put this in?
5: It fall under the action, drama, and science fiction realm. So, there, okay,
4: definitely sci-fi.
5: A little sci-fi in there, but not like laser shootings or spaceships or nothing crazy. Okay. That's just what if technology was better in 2021 compared to like 2050, you know?
4: Okay. Now, these, this is the third film of that trilogy? That's correct. So, two of them are basically done. They are. So, how how can people see number one and two?
5: I have a YouTube channel they you can watch them for free on. Nice. It's called just Farley Productions. You can type that onto YouTube. You'll find my homepage and then right on the front of my channel, there'll be playlists for those specific movies for just Fatal Encounter and Fatal Encounter Rise and Fight for the second. Now, these are feature length films? The first one is. I got burnt out doing a feature length right after the first. So, I wrote a 30 page script for the second. Okay. It became more of a short film. What is
4: the title of the first one?
5: Just Fatal Encounter. Just Fatal Okay.
4: Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so the Emergence of Talents is kind of the The, the, the third. Okay. Yeah, it's
5: the subtitle. <clears throat> fatal Encounter is the main title for the series.
4: Okay. All right. So as a filmmaker, how did you how did you start? Like when did you start bas- basically deciding, hey, I want to be a visual storyteller?
5: Mm, I started as a hobby back in high school because I had to pick a class that was An elective, something that didn't require credits for and I could pick a lot of different options. I just needed a credit of something artistic related. Hmm. I chose video production and writing through film for my English credit. And those two classes went hand in hand. I went from making video game videos to now doing something with a little camcorder my dad bought me. And I, I started writing stories and said, I asked some friends, you want to make something with me real quick? It'll be a lot of fun. <laughs> if they're in the same class as me, they get okay. the credit for the project. Sure. If not, they just liked me enough to say yes and do it. Nice. <clears> then <throat> once I got into – after high school over, that's when college rolled around. That's when I realized this is something I want to pursue more seriously. Okay. And I did graphic communications under digital media.
4: So, nice. everyone
5: started in the same graphic communications department. You got through all the basics, but I lean towards the video production side, towards the advanced classes. Okay. What? Unfortunately, you never- oh, it's I'm not sorry. film school. Oh, no, you're fine.
4: No, no. What university <laughs> yeah. did you go to?
5: I went to Truckee Meadows Community College okay. here in Northern Nevada.
4: Sure. All right.
5: And I didn't get to learn everything I wanted in college. They switched the programs around oh. a bit and I end up, I unfortunately ended up dropping out. But a lot of the skills I've... I attained in college, I was able to keep as I pursued my career forward.
4: In in my experience, my cause my Bachelor of Science degree is in film, television, and radio. Oh, very nice. And so what I learned basically, because it was a Bachelor of Science degree, it was very practical. It wasn't just book learning, wasn't just theory of mm-hmm. communications. It was actually going out, taking equipment out, shooting, editing. Live remote production with multi-camera, you know, it was, so it was very hand, hands-on practical, which was nice. great for me. Mm-hmm. But it's never going to teach you everything.
5: It doesn't, yeah. Uh, college ain't going to teach me how I get
4: a film no. permit or a business license. It's yeah. never bothered. It's, you know, it, uh, basically college, the whole process of going through a university, unless you're doing a specialty like neurosurgery, mm-hmm. is teaching you how to learn, teaching Correct. you how to think about things. Because uh, life is going to teach you the rest. And because I've learned some of my best techniques being on the set of other people, yours included, Same. yours <laughs> included. So no, this has actually been a very fun experience <clears throat> so Go far, and, and I can't wait to see the finished film. I know I, I've got to I've got to wait oh, a while. you Can watch a teaser for it for now. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be a while. So that's also on your YouTube page. The teaser It is. yeah. So nice. we, when we shot about twenty five or thirty percent of the
5: movie, um, okay. I made a teaser I put together, which was how we were able to acquire uh, the actor Gino Romo. He was so impressed by okay. our teaser and our pitch video. He couldn't wait to jump in on production.
4: What character does he play in he the film? He plays
5: Zagan, the main antagonist of the
4: film. Okay. He's a super powerful yeah, dude. He
5: is the supreme leader of this entire organization <laughs> with this biotechnology to make humans stronger than they've ever been before. But unfortunately, they do have a weakness. But i like audience for you don't want later
4: yeah. yeah we we don't want to reveal <laughs> no, too much figure that out
5: when they watch. <clears throat> but
4: my experience here over the last couple of days is he puts you through heck oh yeah he, i've he, never he, been more sore he beats you up pretty good mm-hmm. yeah okay yeah, in so. fact uh what i what i kind of enjoyed about the process is you are a martial artist in real am, life yes and you've been able to incorporate so you're not only the director hmm you're probably going to have a very large part of the editing process, right? Correct. You're, you're so, know, create, at least a third of the editing process. Okay. But you're also the fight choreographer. I am. That was really fun to watch.
5: Yeah, I'm a self-taught fight choreographer. Wow. Because no one taught me how to do it, but I've done martial arts long enough to know what works and what doesn't. Sure. And when it comes to fight choreography, unlike a real fight. A real fight could end in one, three seconds, maybe 10 or 20, yeah. but it's not going to go on much longer than that. No. For I fight <laughs> choreography, you want it to go on really long. So, you want to put the perspective on what if you're fighting someone who's just as experienced as you are. Okay. And how can I make it the most realistic? And once you get past that in your mind, what can I do to make it the most entertaining for the camera okay. and the audience? Yeah. And that's that, how you come up with the fight choreography ideas.
4: With all the stuff, with the many things that I've been involved in as a filmmaker, that's one thing. I have not yet experienced as watching how you put together a fight scene. Wow. So that was mm-hmm. a little bit educational for me and very, very cool because you're, the, you have to, the way you choreograph a fight has a lot to do with the angles you're shooting from the, mm-hmm. the space that you're fighting in, Correct. the weapons that may be involved. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was like, wow, this is really, really cool. <laughs> I've never, I've never been able to, to see this before, but, uh, It's very entertaining. It's wonderfully acted from what I've seen so far. Oh, thank you. So, I can't can't wait to see this film and I think uh, a lot of our viewers will probably enjoy it as well because it definitely has a sci-fi feel to it without going overboard sci-fi. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. (laughs) Well, Patrick, I certainly appreciate you being with me here on User-Friendly, and uh, we'll catch up with you to see how things are going in the future. Sounds good. Thank you. All yeah, right, Stay in touch. Yep. Bill, cool. Jeremy, and Gretchen, guys, take it away. Steve, thank you. We'll be back after the break.
1: Welcome back. This is user friendly 2.0. Great show as always this week. Kenobi sounds interesting. I am looking forward to it. Always love Steve's interviews. It's nice to get a very unique, you know, some things covered that we normally wouldn't see. And speaking of stranger things, mm-hmm. um, you guys have been watching stranger things. There's a new season out. Yeah. yeah. We, and we already
0: uh, watched the whole thing. Yeah. Yes, and I know it's... there's a, there's
1: a pizza company that's even gotten on board talking about their neuro ordering app where you can order with your mind or some such thing. Yeah. Um, so tell us about the season of stranger things. Uh, it's darker, scarier, and more intense.
3: Uh- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, you know, it's
0: already pretty
3: much. It's that already way. pretty, it, it's already intense, but I mean, you know, this is the, the heroes are getting attacked. Uh, you know, you've got your, your, they're, they're, div- they're divided up onto uh, from Hawkins, Half of the group has gone to California, and it gets even weirder and stranger from there.
0: But actually, well, I mean, there's some really cool scenes in some of the episodes. Are. I don't
3: want to, like, screw it up for while. No, anybody. we don't want to spoil anything, but uh, D&D is, uh, you know, if you remember the 80s, it was a whole thing where it's satanic, and everybody is, who plays D&D is part of a satanic cult. Yeah, I remember and that. that plays into this, and it's just kind of like, dude, have you ever just, like, put down something on paper that doesn't make it like, you know, I believe 100% that whatever I've written is the absolute truth and I'm going to become a God for it. I mean, come on. Get (laughs) it clear.
1: All right. That's an interesting description. All right. Stranger Things is on Netflix. Yes. And uh, it's, it's been a while since the last drop. I think they had a little bit of a delay probably from the COVID disruption. They did. But, um, but they're back. And, the one question I will ask, not giving anything away, how did they handle the fact that everybody's two years older? Um, um, they just dealt with it. You they, know, kids grow up.
3: Yeah. They, did, they didn't okay. mention that more time has passed or anything, but, you know, the kids are in high school and everything. Yeah. So, you know, growth spurts are expected.
1: So, okay. All right. <laughs> and that totally makes sense. I know those were the questions coming out. So, all righty. Well, we've got a number of events coming up. Cruise in Sherwood is June 18th. Like I've said before, come check it out. It's a great event. Free for the family, and it's back after two years after another COVID disruption. We're going to be covering Evolution of Tech on June 30th. Comic-Con International next month is back, July 21st to 24th. And then in August, we start going to events again. Black Hat, August 6th. Emerald City Comic-Con back at its normal date on August 18th. Although that wasn't so bad last year in December. I was afraid we were going to be washed out. And it did rain, but it was still very workable and a lot of fun. It was fun. fun. It was fun. And then Silicon Silicon Valley Comic Con, August 27th to 28th is the following week. So we're going to have a busy back half of August there, which I am really looking forward to. Yes. And um, it'll be fun to get in there. And if, Jeremy, if you do another Maker Workshop, let us know. And okay. until then, this is User-Friendly 2.0, keeping you safe on the cutting edge.
3: User-Friendly 2.0, copyright 2014 to 2022. User-Friendly Media Group, Inc. All rights reserved. The views and opinions on this show are those of the host, and not necessarily those of the user-friendly media group, Inc., or this station. Music licensed by BMI. Hosting provided by WeirTechnology.com. Podcast available at UserFriendlyNation.com, TheAnswerPortland.com, or anywhere you listen to podcasts.